15. Acts 15. What would the world do without women? We'd be in trouble. We'd be in trouble. I won't spread that any further. That's, that's heresy. Chapter 15. Verse 36, And Sunday after Paul said unto Barnabas, Let's go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of God, the Lord, and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought it not good to take him with them, who departed from them, from Pamphylia, and went not with them to the work. And the contention was so sharp. It was so sharp. If you think you had problems, they had problems. The contention was so sharp between them, Paul and Barnabas, and they departed asunder from, asunder from one of the other. So Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. And I don't know of any other time when Barnabas and Paul ever come together again. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, O God, on earth as it is in heaven. Help us, Lord Jesus, to bring out what you put in our heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. I came here this week purposely to teach this. You may be seated. I want you guys on the uh, new high technology there be quick with my scripture on the board when I ask for it so if you can type fast move over let someone who can type fast do it for me because I'm going to need a lot of scriptures on here everybody say amen. amen now God has given to the church the message of reconciliation that's a big word right now reconciliation and, and my study is tonight about conflict resolution if you have another conflict in this church I, give me time you will have one I promise you, like I promise you the Holy Ghost, you're going to have contention. Just give it time. It's as sure as the coming of Jesus that you're going to have contention one day among yourselves. Amen. But you know what? God gave us the message of reconciliation. Very rare we see Galatians 6 take place, which says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken the fault, the fault is, fault the value silver and gold and diamond if a man be overtaking the fault ye which are spiritual restore now we don't have many spiritual people in church carnal abound spiritual cannot be found but what about carnality abound ye which are spiritual restore such a one in the spirit of meekness that means submission. Consider thyself, lest also thou be tempted. In other words, you are not escaping what that guy went through. Bear ye one another burden, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man thinketh to be something, when he or she is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Praise God. Let every man bear his own burden. 
Is that the conflicting? No. You got your own burden. Amen. Don't get somebody else. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. That's a law that will not be changed. For he that soweth in his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. And he that soweth to the Spirit of the Spirit shall reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. That's a prophecy and a promise, and that's preaching. And as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. That's an advice. Let us all do good to all men, bar none. Especially, especially to the one sitting beside you that you don't like. Whose hands you will not shake. Whose eyes you can't look into. Uh-huh. Hello. Hello. You'd be surprised that people that will never shake hands. They have no problem about transferring germs because they'll never connect. Hallelujah. They'll never shake hands and definitely they'll never be involved in holding a kiss either. And please don't practice that around here. Praise God. But here's Paul and Barnabas in strong contention. Now, we preachers like to elevate those men so high, almost like they're gods. And God said, Paul and Barnabas, two great men, Barnabas was of the Levite, a priest, and, Bar- and Paul was a, a Pharisee of the Pharisees, and they have a conflict over a little dropout called John Mark. Now, you got to realize that you know, blood is thicker than water. The relationship between John Mark and Barnabas, that's his nephew. And Paul is not his blood brother, just his word brother. Amen. And so Barnabas is not only interested in his, amen, word brother, but his blood brother. Amen. And Paul says, he's not coming. Not on this trip. He abandoned us the first time. And we don't want any dropout on this journey because this is, this is fire, man. This is fire. We're dealing with heathens and, and mysticism and power. And we need everybody on board when we're fighting. He's not coming. And Barnabas said, no, he's coming. And Paul said, he's not coming. And all of a sudden we got difference of opinion. And I said, the contention was so sharp. What does sharp mean, folks? Hostile. It was heavy. I mean, they were arguing. And everybody's watching these two great men, one is a prophet, one is an apostle, arguing over this guy who is a dropout. And, and Paul says, he's not coming, because when he comes, he's going to affect the rest of us. And Barnabas says, he's coming. Really, Barnabas was defending not John Mark so much as his own blood cousin. And Paul said, this goes beyond brotherhood in the flesh. we got an issue here. But the point I want to point to you here is how do they handle this? If you read in the epistle later on, Paul speaks highly of Barnabas. Very highly. Meaning, the animosity did not continue. 
somewhere throughout their experience, things changed. They're resolving. In fact, the Bible said Paul wrote and said, Send me John Mark for his prophet before the ministry. Now, it wasn't Paul that fixed him. It was the Lord must have fixed him. But Paul wanted him now. Bring him back here. I, I can use him now. He's, 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 he's converted. He's a more mature person. I can use him. Hello. Thank God for Barnabas that did that. Hello. And invested in him. But my point here is this. It's not who caused the problem. But what God wants me to teach his church is, how do I deal when you're hurt by the person sitting right beside you? How do I deal with it? Make sure you listen to me tonight. Because as God made the green apple, it's going to happen. And if you don't control this, you're going to backslide over it. And lose your soul. Because you allow somebody to push you out of the kingdom of God. Ezekiel put it this way. There are sheep that become goats. And actually put their foot in the feed. And contaminate it. And... When a sheep become a goat, they take horns up. And that horns can push you out. Now, I've been long enough to see it happen. I've seen good Christians turn bad sinners <laughs> and backslide over it. They lost their sainthood and went back to being sinners until they're still in the world. And I promise you, they'll tell you, such and such offended me. Amen. And they're offended and still are offended. And they do not go to church anymore. And they go back to the world. But Jesus Christ will not accept that as an excuse. Because Christ is not concerned. At that moment, who offends is how you deal with the offense. That's all Christ is going to ask you. How did you deal with the offense? How did you cope with it? And that's important. Because if you don't hear this, I feel sorry for you. You need to hear this. Because your future depends on it. Because God made it a green apple. You are going to be offended. Even by the pastor. Or even by his wife. Or even by the sainthood. Amen. God says, yeah, people imagine stuff. If you got cross-sided against some people, the thing got bad eye against them. And all that is a high problem. <laughs> it's a high problem. <laughs> And they think you're against them. <laughs> look, look at the way she's looking at me. She can't help it, friend. Her eyes is messed up. <laughs> Hello. And so people say, I can't be reconciled. I can't. I can't fix things. You know, even in marriage, the Bible talk about reconciliation. In the in the, in the First Corinthians, you talk about in chapter six, seven, eight. You talk about reconciliation between even a husband and his wife, and talk about hardness of heart amen and the fact that we are obligated to respond to others as we expect God to respond to us now most people do not use the weapon God give them in their battle fighting they resort to the flesh they always do they go back to clung eyes and you know eye for eye tooth for tooth and ear for ear and pretty soon the whole church is full of one eyed people <laughs> We're missing hands here. In, in Nigeria, God got different cuts. You know, they cut off their elbows or cut off their, their ankle or whatever for stealing. They're very unforgiving. But Jesus Christ gave us the message of reconciliation. 
It's not too hard to be reconciled back to somebody. It's not unworkable. It's not unthinkable to be reconciled. I don't care how deep the wound might be. You can be reconciled. I don't care how hostile it may seem, the approach, to even get back there. You can. You have a divine option to obey the Creator who gave us the recipe for reconciliation. You can reject His method, and you can go back to the animal kingdom, you know, dog for dog, you know, and whatever. But God gave us a method that we can use. And after all, who's best to decide how to be reconciled to each other? Amen. It's not important who hurts you and how they hurt you. What's important is how did you respond? Try talking to God about somebody. He just ignores it. You wonder how do you respond to what's happening to you? In Matthew 18, go there. Matthew 18. Jesus Christ has given us a recipe for dealing with problems. Now, I showed you during the conference we had. Some of you missed it. I wish you hadn't. But when you get a bunch of people together like we are tonight, we are either a team or just a mob or a group. I'd rather be a team. Because as a team, we're cohesive, we're bonded, and together we achieve more. It's not individuality, but it's interdependency, not independence. There's a difference. And, you know, when, I, when, when you see a group come together, when they first come together, there's always a storming. Now, with time, if they hang around, there's a forming, then there's a norming, then there's a performing, and there's some time reforming that's required. Amen. And uh, as a team, look, together each achieve more. I don't want to go into this too much because this is not my topic right tonight. But uh, let me point to it again here, right here. And we talk about delegation, and I'm not going to go there tonight. That's not my job. That's not my calling tonight. I'm just not going to go there. All right? But look at conflict. All right. All right? Can you imagine? Can you see your God in that conflict? Most of the time we don't. Right? I have the word here, success. Success spells see your God, understand your obstacles, create a mental picture of what's happening place, clear your mind of any self-doubt, and E stands for embrace the challenge and come out better than you went into that situation. You're supposed to come out of your conflict better than you went into it. And so S stands for staying focused and being on track. Amen. And realize that there are people that bring issues to you who always break the rules and you got to react to their action. And the conclusion is, what position did I take? You know, Abner died at the altar. Not altar, I mean Joab, because he killed Abner. Abner was a fool. Abner left, you know, a reconciliation a place of refuge. They went out there thinking the guy forgave him. Well, he hadn't forgiven him. He wanted to destroy him, and he killed him. And that's how Joab got killed eventually at the altar, because he was unforgiving. And God says, let him die at the altar. Like Abner died at City Refuge. Now look at this here, folks. Which of these solutions did Jesus brought to us in the 15th chapter? We're going to explore them tonight. The five, the five possibilities the world will tell you to look at outside of Christ. They'll tell you that you can compete, you can avoid, you can compromise, you can accommodate or collaborate. 
And each of them have reasons for taking that position. They have outcome. They have impact on the person that you are disputing with. And it's a matter of interest versus posturing and positioning. Amen. I, I know one lady, I see certain person in church used to bother her. And when she see a person come, she swallows up like a frog. Ready for the fight. Even the person doesn't fight on their mind. She just expects a fight. And when they go, she goes, <sighs> What a release. The fight didn't take place. You know what I'm talking about. You posture yourself for a blow. And there was no blow. Hello. Now, each of these, we're going to talk about in just a minute here. But I want to show you. Here is Jesus' method for dealing with conflict. I want to teach you his method first. And folks, when all else fails, you better follow his method. Because he's going to judge you and me by it. I promise you this. This is no question at all. I don't care what the Constitution or institutions of the world. He's going to judge you by his word. In Matthew 18, it's a book about relationship. Relationship. In this relationship... I'm not talking about who caused it because you don't need to be taught how to be a problem to other people. You do it naturally. You're naturally a problem maker. You just cause problems for other people. Naturally. I don't need to teach you how. But I need to teach others how to respond to you. When you come, you know, two porcupines can't come together when the quilts are out. There'll be no mating. Mating will take place when the quilts go down. If they want to have, have kids, they have to let the, those quilts down. Hello? Otherwise, they can't come together. And two saints can't come together if the quilts are out. It's just not going to happen. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus taught in Matthew eighteen fifteen on the board it says, Moreover, if thy brother trespass against thee, and I'm going to ask God permission to say this, when thy brother trespass against thee, not if, because he will, promise you. There are people like the giraffe, like to stick their nose in your business. There are people who behave like the skunk oil stinks. And they're going to have chemical warfare with you, whether they like it or not. They're going to be speeding at you in your direction. So you might as well get ready for it. I like the guy who takes the, the, the position of the bear. You know, the bear says, I can clobber you and just kill you and destroy you and stomp you to death. And the skunk says, you know what? You could and you will, but I'll make you wish you hadn't done so. Because when I lift my leg up, friend, here comes chemical war. And when the fight is over, the stench is still there. Hello. But if and when thy brother so trespass, what does trespass mean? Somebody ignored the plumb line that the surveyor put down and crossed over it. When somebody violate your rights, your space, Whatever that's yours. Come into your business. When thy brother trespass against thee, because trespass and sin are two different things. You trespass neighbor and you sin against God. They're two different things. When you sin, God forgive you of sin. When you trespass your neighbor, forgive you of your trespass. There's a difference. You guys get that? God forgive you of sin. Neighbors forgive you of trespass. Alright. Now, when thy brother trespass against thee, 
Go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Lord Jesus, you know that's never going to happen. It will never happen. If you say, man, it will happen to me, you're lying. Because that's why most of you are dying, rotting on the flesh there. You got a little current running on eat there. My friend, you just blow right up every time you see so-and-so. Because you've never done this. You can't do You can't bring yourself to do that. Huh? You've got the gust of nerve to do it. So-called. When I brought trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault. You're going to tell me my fault? You? Who gave you the nerve to tell me I got fault? Girl, get out of here. You're going to tell me my fault? Between thee and him alone. I must trust you in the dark? Never. You're like a prowly big club of me and put me away in the crocus bag or something like that. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gain thy brother. Assuming I care to gain him or not. <laughs> now the Lord is assuming you like your brother that much, you don't want him back. Some folks said, good riddance. I was sorry when you came and glad when you left. That's what Jesus says. What he's saying here is telling you reconciliation is the first and first and first line of attack against being attacked. It's your first offense. Reconciliation. The whole idea is to win back that brother. Or that sister. God says, I want you to win them back in proper relationship. I assume Barnabas and Paul would have done this. I believe Peter and Paul did that. Paul rebuked Peter for his inconsistency. And later on, Peter called him beloved. Brother Paul. No grudge. No animosity. That's your first line of attack. If that doesn't work and the brother is rambunctious and rude and is unreachable and hostile towards the approach, you go to step number two. Mediation. Verse 16. But if he will not hear thee, because he's cocky and proud and haughty and arrogant, Take with thee one or two more. Now you're spreading the problem. Now you're expanding the problem now. But the Lord said to do it. That in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word missed out. In other words, you want a witness that you tried to mend the broken fence. And they would have nothing to do with it. Now, I've met people like that. I heard the folks told me, Pastor, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want to do. And they're back still today. They're in the world doing horrible things and sin. And they're still at that point. Hello? They are now brought to where? Mediation. A mediator is somebody who's neutral. You can't take someone who's biased in the situation. The person has got to be neutral, who is not responsible for the outcome 
of that meeting. But all they do is do power balancing. All they do is to make sure that you're equal partners in your discussion. And that you have the resource to solve the problem. It's impossible to ask you to solve something when you don't have the resource. And all the media does is come and say, okay, all right, present your case. You present your case. Hello? Let's find a mutual place of agreement and leave here therapeutically where both of you are healed. And it's going to be a win-win situation. Again, the whole purpose here is to win back and continued relationship. Not continue hostility or arrogance or pride or proud or posturing or position or stuck in revenge or anger with whatever the case might be. And if they will not respond to this formula, the Lord said, now you got two witnesses, you can go to the next stage. Verse 17. Now, folks, you better remember this. Now, he's going to take it to a higher authority. Look, it's going from a low authority to a higher authority every time. And it's getting more crucial every time. Because you're coming down to the judgment seat of God. Eventually, you're going to get there. If you don't solve it. Amen. And so now, and if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it to the church now. The church don't mean get everybody involved to take political sides to the point where you need Robert Rules of Order. Hello? For dysfunctional gathering and chaotic gathering? No. The church means the, the authority of that church. What we bind on earth is bound in heaven. God said, bring that to the authority of the church. And when the church make a decision... Hello? It's going to be respected by heaven. A lot of folks left this church and think they got away with what they did. They're wrong. They forgot this scripture. <laughs> they forgot it. They got to face it again. They're wrong. Hallelujah. If he neglect to hear them, tell it to the church. And they neglect to hear. Now these people are hard of hearing. Stiff naked. Stubborn. Will not submit. Three hearings. And they will not reform. I will not. I will not. I will not. You know, it reminded me of Korah when Moses tried to talk to him privately. Come on, Korah. Let's talk about what's wrong. I will not talk to you. You haven't taken us to the promised land. And he's angry at Moses. Moses, what's wrong with this guy? Moses, okay, tomorrow, bring a censor. So he brought a censor. And Moses said, what is wrong? He said, you didn't. And he's carrying on. And finally God said, bring him to the tabernacle. Now, this poor fool didn't realize he set up for a fall. And he come with this incense before God. And God says, Moses... Step back. He died. And all those sympathize with him died. He never had, thank you, to die. Korah died unnecessarily. 
if you fail to be reconciled or submit to mediation, then God said, bring them to arbitration. Arbitration means I'm now going to listen to the evidence and I'm going to make a decision who's wrong from who's right. And when I decide, I don't care what you think. I don't care what your opinion is. But I'm going to pass a verdict on what I hear. And I'm going to make a decision. And when I make a decision, whether you like it or not, or stumped out on it, you're going to be judged by it. Because God said, when the priest makes a decision, it holds. Because his job is to rule over the house of God. That's his job. God said, when the priest make it, or the minister make it, and you don't go along with it, you're damned. Because what? Delegation. God delegate authority and power to his ministry. God delegate authority to Jesus. Jesus delegate authority to the twelve. And the twelve gave it to the church. And the church gave it to elders and so you've got a responsibility to submit to the authority. Hello, now you're dealing with chapter 13 of Hebrews and verse 7 and 17. Now you're dealing with higher power now. Now you're in trouble because when they make a decision and you never say in the matter. Natural course today will give you a chance to settle it by yourself. You can't do it. They're sent to a mediator. That won't work. They may send to arbitration or right to litigation. Litigation, honey, the judge decides. And he don't care. And if you contempt him, you go to jail. Once you make a decision and you violate it, you're going to prison. For sure. Hello? And so God said, okay, go to litigation. They won't hear it. Count them as an infidel. In other words, now judge them not as a brother or a sister, but judge them as an outsider. Treat them different from your treating saints. These people now have left the courts of being a believer and they're now a publican and an infidel. That's what the Lord says. That's amazing, folks. That is amazing. A lot of people think they got off the hook. They haven't got off the hook. Now, where are they at? Verse 17 and 20. Go there, please. What it says here. If they will not hear it, verse 17, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. What you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. I don't know what that means. When Peter, Paul said to this uh, bar Jesus, why do you pervert the gospel? Today you're going to be blind. He was blind instantly. When Paul said to Anthony Sapphira, why did you lie? And they lied. Bang. They both dropped dead. They were both given a chance to tell the truth. And they both lied. He said, you didn't lie to a man. You lied to the Holy Ghost. Well, where's the Holy Ghost? I don't see the Holy Ghost here. You, you missed the point. We're operating on behalf of the Holy Ghost. An ambassador represents the country. When he speaks, the country speaks. And when the ministers speak, the whole thing speaks. You say, well, I don't believe it. I don't buy that. You don't have to buy it. Who cares if you buy it or not? You can't even pay for it. <laughs> Who's can pay for it? We told you what God says for your life. And if you don't want to, that's your problem. Well, I do my own thing. Go ahead. It's, it's done. It's settled in heaven. What we settle on earth is settled in heaven. What we loose on earth is loose in heaven. That means the decision of the church whole for God. Because God gave the church all power and all authority to operate on His behalf 
just like the RCMP does for Canada. Now God said, now are you bound on earth? So be bound in heaven. Next verse. Now it says, hear it loud. I guess saying to you, if two or three agree in anything in my name, I'll do it. I'll do it. Hello? I told this guy what you said. He said, don't do it. Verse 20, go there please. God said, okay, now you're getting into real hot oil here. Because he said, I'm in the midst of what's going on. Now, verse 21, go there please. Then peace the Lord, hold and said, my brother, sin against me. Should I do it, what? Seven times? He said, no. Seven times seven. What are you trying to say? He said, you as the one being offended. I want you to have this attitude. Bend backwards. I'll hold you responsible for what you do. And hold that other one responsible for what you're not listening to. You both have responsibility. One to forgive and the other to submit to wisdom and instruction. Now, litigation means you're going to end up in court. And the court means, he said, agree with your adversary while you have opportunity. Lest he take you to the judge and the judge lock you up and throw in the keys. So if you go to litigation, that means you open yourself up to the judge and not the person you sit against or the mediator or the arbitrator, but not even the judge himself, the God himself. God says, I will deal with it. The story went on to tell us what happened in litigation in verse 23, 35. He called a parable to teach us what's going to happen to people that fall in that category of, I will not settle. I will keep it open like Esau. God says, I hate Esau. You know what? He purposed to kill his brother. He purposed to what? Kill him. And have an everlasting hate that could not be quenched. And God says, I'm going to hate him on the same level that he hate Jacob. Amazing. What you reap is what you sow. He hated Jacob. God hated Esau. Hello? Joab, retaliate. Let me tell you, because you have power, it doesn't mean you should use it. Because you have authority, it doesn't mean you should trample over other people. Hallelujah. 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 And they might think you're naive, but you know better. You give it to the judge. You say, God, you handle it. It's your job now. I've gone through all these series of steps. I've gone to the individual. I got mediation. I use arbitration. And no God is telling for you to judge because I'm not going to deal with it. I can't deal with it. You deal with it. Hello. Let's worship God. Here's how the story ends. One old put away a dollar. Next one old ten dollars. I put my, my own terminology here. The one old dog said, well, please forgive me. Oh, I, don't, I just can't pay you. Oh, I've got a bad day, bad trip, you know, bad life. And, oh, give me some time. And went down the road and found somebody with ten dollars and grabbed him by the throat and just shook him up and locked him up and put him in prison. And I guess what? A saint heard. And a saint saw mistreatment. And they get offended. 
and they went right to the master. I said, Master, didn't you forgive so-and-so? Didn't they ask you for mercy? Didn't they come to you and begged? Well, you know what? They just put so-and-so in prison. They just locked up so-and-so. He said, they did? He said, bring him here. Now it's reaping time. Bring him over here. Well, 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 oh, Master, please, I need time. Oh, no, no, no. You didn't give time here, and I won't give you time here either. The Lord is trying to teach you that agreement is power. Disagreement is destructive. Amen. It's not too hard to come to an agreement. It's not too hard to work things out. It's not unthinkable to expect you to seek reconciliation. It doesn't matter how wounded you are. It's your obligation to bridge the gap, to build a bridge. That is our job. And when there's conflict between saints, he said in verse 15, Even if we are hurt, still go and see if you'll hear thee. Hello? Now, he said, Lord, how many times should I forgive somebody? Now, you've got testing us now. See, we really have faith. <laughs> Seventy times seven. He said, Lord, increase our faith. God said, no. You don't need to increase faith. You need to use what you got. He said, Lord, I need to increase faith to deal with that. I said, no, 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 no. You need to use what you have. All right? The problem in the story was two of them are debtors. And there's an absence of pity on one side. Absence of pity and yet crying for compassion. Hello. And God said, no. Everyone who forgive will be forgiven. And those who do not forgive shall not be forgiven. God said, forgiveness must come from the heart, from the lips. Do you know how many saints tell lies? Oh, A and B said, we don't have no problem between each other. Lies, lies, lies. Better not speak. He said, forgiveness must be from the heart. Hello. Trespass means somebody violate your space, violate your rights, infringe on whatever. I don't know what it is. But I promise you, we're all professional at trespassing. We're all trespassers. One way or another, trespassing will come. And God says, offense will, not may, will come. But woe be unto the one who is the avenue of it. Now the word woe means destruction. In other words, if you are the cause of an offense, then you are going to carry the full brunt of the whole thing. The sin of Jeroboam became the, the demise of Israel. One man's sin make men of sinners. It takes one person in a conflict to include the whole church and divide the church up. So I'll take one person. Carry their hurt feeling everywhere and spread it germs all over. Amen. That's not why Jesus Christ recommended mediation. That's not what he's saying. You don't involve people who are weak to deal with situations that are weak. No, no, no. He says spiritual people. Spiritual people are qualified to deal with false. If you're not spiritual, stay out of it. 
You have no business listening to a thing you can't help. Recognize your level of maturity and realize you don't have the what it takes to deal with the situation. Because you give wrong advice, honey, you're just as guilty to the person who performed it. Believe you me. Hello. Alright, now, in Matthew 6 and verse 12, when Jesus told the disciples how to pray, he said, look, forgive us of our debts. I know we all pray this. This is a big lie we all pray. We all pray this lie. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Is that true? Be honest. Do you forgive your debtors? Well, how can your heart burns? Mental anguish. Huh? Some call it spiritual abuse. Hello? Forgive us as we forgive our debtors. Verse 12 to 15 said, For if you do not forgive, you will not be forgiven. In other words, it's the law of reciprocity. You've got to understand that. You know, when you come to God with a gift of the altar, God says, I don't want your gift until you give a gift to your enemy back there first. He said, I don't want to hear from you. How many people are praying prayers that are not being answered? Because what? Their gifts stay right there in the Buddhist doctrine. You know who eat it? Those priests. God didn't eat it. Hello? When God take your feast, my friend, fire come and consume it. Hello? And God says, I don't want your gift if you can't first give to somebody who you are seeing on earth. He said, you can't even love me if you can't love what you see. You gotta love that person that you see. Come on, you can't create them. You can't make one hair their hair turn white unless you're gonna die for them. Hello? What God is saying, conflict is inevitable. It's unavoidable and hurt will be deep. But you have the ability, amen, to take the right stand. Jonah says, now I get my chance to retaliate. You meant evil, but God turned it to good. Balaam tried to curse me, but God blesses me. I wonder if I'm here tonight. Honestly, you can't stand somebody in this church. God knows that. I don't need a pro, but God knows who you cannot stand. And even though you smile, you're not sincere with that smile. And God knows it. Oh, there is no problem. But you have an obsession about it. When they come your way or say something, just the, just the mere mention of their voice, bring rage and anger. Think about it, church. Think about it tonight. Galatians 5 and verse 15 and 16 talks about but if you bite and devour one another, can you imagine the cannibalism in the church? <laughs> Take heed that you be not consumed one of another. One guy in Africa got mad, they killed his, his family. It's true, it really happened. It says, he got so mad, he got one of those guys who killed his family and chew his leg off. And swallow all the meat. That's real anger. That's the ultimate of anger. Some folks try to chew preachers up and find his tough meat. And chew on the lamb. First Corinthians six, one to eight. Paul says, 
I dare any of you take another brother or sister to this litigation without first going to. Listen to me. Going first to God's principles. And then it says the ultimate act. Now, folks, I want you all hear me tonight because I'm watching you. If you come with me in the problem and you don't hear what I'm saying, I'm not going to help you one bit. You're not supposed to miss what I'm preaching. I'm telling you it is going to happen. You mark my word. Galatians 5 says, You bite and devour. First Corinthians 6 says, Look, if there is among you a fault, and if you can't solve it, he says, if you can't solve it, then the ultimate position is, take the wrong. And God said, that's my recommendation for you. No. Why? Because you're cutting off the occasion of the devil to defile you. Root of bitterness destroy Esau. And when he would have received the promise, he was rejected. Because he could not find a place of repentance about the way he feel about Jacob. And God says, I hate him. And of David, he said, the sure mercies of David. David could have killed Saul and chose not to. David could have killed Simeon and chose not to. He could cut the head off Abner off. I mean, Abner didn't do it. And God said, that's my man. The men with the sword but wouldn't take action said, vengeance belong to God. I will not play God. Let's worship God. You'd be surprised how many churches have crossfire going on. He, what I'm preaching right now, that thought's going through your mind. Amen. Of crossfires. Think about it. Think about what's happening in, in your mind right now. Who in the church is your problem? Who triggers you? Who makes you feel like church shouldn't be a place? Hello? Hallelujah. Who will be the cause why you can't stay in church? Think about it tonight. Who will be that cause? Matthew 7, 1 to 2. Judge not that you be not be what? Judge. Two people are talking. Hey, they're talking about me. How do you know that? I just can feel it. Oh no. You're not feeling it. You're carnal thinking. Hello. And then the Lord says, you know what's wrong with our people in the church? The one with the beam can still see past the beam and see the moat in the brother's eyes. That's pretty good. Up Why can't I do that, Lord? This big old long beam in my eyes. Now I'm busy watching your little moat in your eyes. He said, look, before you pick my bug off, deal with your ticks first. I don't think you heard me, folks. Hello? Chapter 538 of Matthew said, No more eye for eye. Tooth for tooth. And by the way, somebody said they're preaching in, 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 in Pakistan. There will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth taking place. 
And so I said, but Pastor, just a minute. Some of us don't have any teeth left. It's all coming. He said, don't worry about it. Teeth will be provided. <laughs> Come, teeth will be provided. <laughs> if you have no teeth to gnash, I'll provide some teeth to wear so you can gnash. Verse 39 says, Do not resist. Now, folks, that's important. What does that mean here? Resist. Let's hear. Compete. Some people are competitive. I've, I've seen in this church some gross comp- competition. I'm not going to mention it. Gross. Almost lewd talk. There's no telling how far the devil will take you and me. We let him. Competing. I can wear a better shoes than you do. As if I bought my shoes just to wear it against your shoes. Huh? I could tell a whole lot of stuff, folks. He says, do not resist. Is God coming like a coward out of me? Does that mean I got poor self-esteem because I don't fight neck and hit you in the face? No. I'll just hand you over to God. Verse 39. Turn the other cheek. One guy said, Lord, I gave him one cheek. The second cheek, I ain't got no third cheek. It's time to hit him back. I ran out of cheek. But some of God says, turn the other cheek. Hello. Take a smack on it. <laughs> Verse 40. If he wants your cloak, give your coat also. But God, if I do, I'll be naked. Give him anyhow. Give him all that he wants. He wants it. Take it all. Go over to the list. Go a mile. Go extra mile. What is he not trying to teach you? Do anything that's necessary to bring about a peaceful agreement. That's what he's trying to teach you. He's not saying go pluck your eye out. Because I don't mean you've changed anyhow. There are people who lost their eye and they're still wicked. Captain Cook lost an eye and still wicked. <laughs> he lost a leg and he was still wicked. <laughs> Hello? Come on, folks. Give me cross. God says, give up your rights. Hello? And win by losing. Praise God. Now, verse 43 says, love those that hate you. Can you make that? I know they hate me. I said, boy, I just love you. I just love you. Love you. Hello? Love those who hate you. 45, 46 says, you got to be like a child. You know, I, I hate to see parents get involved in kids' kids feud. I watch people in the church over that too. Two kids have a problem and, and parents get involved and so supposedly defending their kids and the kids are still playing while the two families are cussing back here and fighting each other. And the kids figure out they had a problem in the first place. Hello? Because kids don't carry malice. And God said, that's how heaven is. Hello. And I wish sometime, amen, in malice, we were like kids. Hello. Verse 47, 48, God says, our righteousness must exceed the publicans and the Pharisees. So God says, throw them out. 
Well, pastor, that's your best, best tithe prayer. No, no, no. They're going to get you into hell if you keep them around here. God said, get rid of them. They're like publicans. Pharisees. That means religious, but not saved. That's what it means. Now, Romans 12, 19 says, all right, do not, what? Avenge ourselves. Folks, are you watching this? If people do this, they will never have a problem. But give place to wrath. Now, this thing get crazy. I was telling my wife about a lady I know in the Caribbean, and she she is so mild. I can still see her now, Sister Bruce, unassuming, so quiet, not loud, but deep spiritually. She affected me even as a kid. You could tell she was a real Christian. Amen. And then Brother Phillips, I remember him. Just meek and mild. Just just so different. Amen. Not one of those that are given to anger, revenge, or, or accusers of one another. No. They're different. Amen. It says here, don't retaliate. Now, can we live all that life? Can you convert do that? Absolutely not. <laughs> and you convert can't do that. They need help and training. Hello? But a saint is expected to do that. Because you've been mature. Praise the Lord. Hebrews ten thirty. It's a vengeance belong to God. God don't want you to take it. Alright? So when you look back at Romans twelve seventeen, he said, Don't retaliate. Verse eighteen says, If peaceable, live what? Peaceful with all men. If and is it possible? Yes, it is. Because you know what triggers people. It's not your job to deflate anybody. If they think they're smart, my God, fan it, feed it. If they think they're cute, feed it. Don't try and turn them into a skeleton. Hello? Amen. Don't avenge yourself, verse 19 says. But use kindness and put coals of fire on their head. Oh, they think you're stupid. Oh, they think you're crazy. They think you're blind. But you know what you're doing. You're controlling your emotion. You're controlling your spirit. Because greater is he who controls spirit than he who take a city. Alexander could take a city but couldn't control his emotion. And die that way. Verse 20, chapter 12 says, You're heaping coal of fire on their head. Amen. Verse 21 says, Be not destroyed by evil, but overcome evil with good. Because so-and-so slap you, don't go slap them back, it'll be a big fight. You both will be defiled. Amen. Take the high road. Take the high road. Take the high road. So it's still got a problem. Every church got feeble saints. You know what feeble saints are? Always dribbling. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're lunatics. We have them. And us mad? When you argue with a lunatic, you're the bigger fool than they are. Can you imagine me arguing with an elephant? Trying to tell them the world is round. wrong with me, not the elephant, 
with me arguing with an elephant. Hello? People hate this word submit, but submit means I don't have to, but I chose to. Romans 13, 1 to 2, to higher power. Some folks don't like pastoral authority. That's your problem. God put it there. I didn't put it there. God did. Some folks don't like holiness. God put it there. Not me. We're supposed to teach it, not change it. Hello? Give honor to higher power. Now, I want to tell you some more stuff here, folks. The source of conflict. Why is there conflict in my life? And James 4, go there, please. And verse 1 to 3. I'm told there's lust, warring, fighting inside of me. Verse 6 says there's pride. Verse 7, tell me when Satan is in the picture. And verse 8 says it's a sign of my instability. You've been so long in the church and you haven't overcome that yet. Verse 11, the cause of church strife is what? We judgeth one another. I want to say this here, Acts 15, don't go there. But Acts 15, a bunch of people who were not authorized to say anything for the church went down somewhere among the Gentiles and told them, except you keep Moses' law, you know, there's always busybody. Every church has busybody, but doing the wrong stuff. Hello? And they overthrew the faith of a lot of people. Nobody should speak outside their authority. Nobody should go beyond and take the honor to themselves and represent anything that God is asking them to do. You don't have coverage. And that costs strife. You know, I can't put on my shingles tomorrow that I'm an MD. They'll put me in jail. What do guys do it? When they catch them, where do they go? They misrepresent their authority and their skills, and they don't have any permission to do what they're doing. All right. Now, the Bible said that, that the cause of church strife is this. Church, look at it. Speaking evil of one another. Why don't we rather pray for the person than slander them? What benefit do we get by cutting you down? Or see you fall? How can I be blessed by that? James 4 said in verse 11, Don't speak evil of a brother. Otherwise you've got a problem. Hello? We're told in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 1, Envy and strife and division come from a carnal church. That's why we've got to pray half an hour before service. You can't operate in the flesh and please God. Verse 20 and 21, in Corinthians 12, talk about debate, backbiting, and whispering. Oh my God. We don't need whisperers. We need praisers. Worshippers. Not whisper, not backbiting. If this church could live without debate, backbiting, and whispering, and envy, and strife, and division, what a mighty church would be. What a great church would be if everybody mind their own business. Wouldn't it be great? But James 3, 4 says, We come with envy in our heart. Verse 16, We bring confusion in the church. Hello? Verse 18, Instead of making peace and pursuing, we are the cause of dysfunctions. 
I want us tonight to realize a church can survive without strife. If everybody stay in their lane. Now, back to what Jesus said. Back to it again. I want you to get the message tonight. He said, look, I want you to do what? Follow this principle here. Follow this principle. Now, I came from a, a, a background. I'm not saying this is yours. This is mine. No matter how right I was, my family always gave me the wrong. You should never allow yourself to be in that situation. Now, I hated that. I could not stand it. I didn't like that. It bothers me. You know what bothered me? Because the other people were not treating their kids that way. Hello. Church, we can't just have any kind of church. we got to live by the law of Christ. If we don't live by the law of grace, then we'll turn grace into lasciviousness. And it don't take much to defile our church. Just animosity. Just whispering. Just debate. Just strife. Just division and envy among us. And a political spirit can destroy it. And God says, you're the formula for dealing with it if you know you're involved with it. Now, how many of you tomorrow are going to use that to get back on, on stream? Then there are some strategies we can use. That the world teaches the solving problem. The first one is to avoid. Let me show you some stuff here. We can use avoidance. You don't have to prove to Sister So and so that you got self esteem. I don't need to prove to you I can be assertive. I know my power and I know where it lies. But I'll not use it for destructive reasons. I want it for a good reason. Number one, avoid by being passive. I'm taking the approach. I'll wait and see if this will pass. If this too will pass. I'm not skipping church because of it. It won't let me stay home. I'm not going to go to another church because you don't like me and I don't like you. No way. You don't have authority in my life. And I won't give that position of authority to make me leave church because of you like it. You know, on the job, some people say, I quit because they bother me on the job. Friend, I stay there and torment them. I torment them because I'm not quit. Me? Let that guy stop me from my bread and butter? Not on your life. I'm going to butter my bread every day and laugh at him. <laughs> Quit over him? No, boss. You got to put up with the boss. Hallelujah. I'm not quitting because of him. No. He don't have that authority over my life. All right? Look at this one. Number two, yield the right of way. Even though it's right, it's your way. Now, I learned this bike. This is, this is Canadian style. I told my wife, honey, when you're driving, even if you're at fault, I made a mistake, or you got the right of way, do not allow yourself to be knocked by that guy driving because Canadians will do it this way this is the honest truth they see you coming in the wrong lane and it says you're wrong and I'm right and they still come at you full force and they won't change lane and let you out and they're going to hit you dead on and says I'm dead right you're both dead <laughs> I say you, you better be defensive hello you call it yielding you hope it will go away. You take the high road. 
And once you put that personal concern over yours, you can say, Lord, I realize I'm dealing with a lunatic, Lord. It's time to pray for a lunatic. Hello? Boy, I lost you now. There are many lunatics in churches. Amen? Yeah. I don't know why Canadian call their money loonies. Tunis. <laughs> That's a weird name for a, for a currency, loony and tunis. Too many tunis and loonies in churches. Hello? Now, the third position to take is, either you avoid or you heal or you compete. Now, here's where the war starts. You know, they lock horns with a pow in Jasper. Hear them butting heads. Hello? It happened all the time. You wonder why some people got migraine headaches. I'm sorry, folks. Sorry. I see one say no back there. Butting heads all the time. What do you expect that? But migraine headaches. I don't know how those how those ghosts do. Bang! Bang! Hello? And some chose to be cooperative. This is collaborating. And they focus on interest more than anything else. You see, I want to be saved. I know this guy is mad, he's crazy, and he's wrong. I'm not going to prove him wrong. I know he's wrong, but I want to be saved. I'm going to focus on my interest. Not his trying to hurt me. Let God deal the rest. God's going to bring me out. That's what Joseph did. All right? All right? So you, you, you focus on your own interest. Amen. Or even their interest. Or use conciliatory words. Empathize. You know, I can see why this guy is crazy. You know, he's not being prayed up lately. I can see why. I feel sorry for him. Oh, Lord, lay on this sin to his charge. That's what Stephen says. He didn't curse it out. He had mercy on them. Stephen used this approach. Conciliation. He was praying for his enemies. Hallelujah. Do you know God could not heal Job until he prayed for his enemy? They badmouthed Job. Job must have sinned. Job could have sinned. Job must God didn't do this. He's just Job that being bad. And Job was none of those things. But God said, Job, pray for your friends. And when he did, God blessed him. If I was to ask you right now, go find a person in church you can't stand. I'll just set you up to lie one more time. The alligators, before they eat their victim, they cry. But it's not a cry of tears of sorrow, it's tears of joy. It's a big meal. <laughs> Mediation, focus on the outcome, your interest. Mutual interest. You know, if we just solve this problem right now, the church won't have a problem. I won't be awake. I won't hope the revival. Amen? Achan hold the church revival up. He did. And so did uh, Moses' sister. Got out of whack. Hello? Accidents happen when people leave their lane. When people stay in the place that they belong in the church, they never get in trouble. But always somebody getting in the wrong place. Hello? I was thinking about a man called Uzziah. I mean, God God blessed him so much, and he's king, church. He's king. What more does he want? You're king. And one day he got in his head, I'm going to be a priest today. 
<laughs> and got a censor and said, come on, man, get out of here. Back to your palace. This is the sanctuary. He said, no, I want to offer up, man. He says, it will not be to your honor. You're not called to do this. Get back to your kingship. So he pushes his way in, puts 50 guys away, and God says, now he went to the third level now, and God said, let me take over. Hello? He would not listen to reason. He would not listen to the teachings. And he forces way right in, and God smote him with leprosy. Hello? Hello, folks. You know, God really had to pray for Peter. And I tell you what, Peter was always getting in trouble, stepping on a line. He had the keys, and he figured that wasn't enough for him to be boss. And God said, because I gave him the keys, I don't make you the head of the church. James says, you're not the head. I chose to give you the key. And that's all I gave you, the key. Well, God, what about, what does this man do? He said, what is it to you? It's none of your business. Too many people have cockeyed looking at other people's basket. Well, he's got more than i got, so what is it to you? Well, I work 12 hours, you work one hour, what, you pay me the same as I get? What, what's wrong with you? You got what's yours? Now back up and stay there. If we get to heaven, church, you're going to stay where he puts you. Otherwise, you won't get there. Hello? And so you, Zai, died. And all these people died. But you know, if you're diplomatic, use politeness. People on the phone get mean-spirited. You want to respond to it, but you're going to lose business. Diplomacy. Soft answers turns away wrath. The person who is wiser in the conflict is the one who controls his emotion and his spirit. Hello. You can be biologically 35 but have the spirit of a two-year-old. Can't control your emotions. You're dangerous. Deadly dangerous. Very dangerous. Diffusing. What does diffusing mean? Put out. He meant the fire by being empathizing. Hello? Well, if that was me, I wouldn't do that. I know one sister one time. She, she, she watched this guy, this lady in the Holy Ghost, dancing, shouting, dancing her hair down, kicking her shoes off. She said, that's not godly. That is, that's not the Holy Ghost. It's not lady-like. God heard, and God waited. Next few services, she did ten times worse. Ten times worse. God knows how to make a fool out of man. The thing is great. Hello? You should stay to God's business. When a person goes to a trial, don't say they must have sinned, they might have sinned. No, you don't know anything about it. God working out His purpose in their life. God's doing what He wants to do. And your place is to just thank God. It's not you. Look at this, folks. Empathy. Our peace building. Put out the triggers. Hey, every one of us in this been on a trigger. And I promise you, the devil makes sure there's somebody here that knows how to trigger you. I guarantee you right now, you know your trigger. If I could get you both together, you'd be like peacocks fighting. <laughs> Picking these little feathers out. 
That's right. You know, you can do a fighting cock, and very few uh, feathers left. And you can have fighting saints, and very little spirit left. Worn out. Always fighting. Always fighting. Now, I, I, I get concerned about preachers who are always fighting the devil. Oh, I fight the devil. My God, where do you spend time with Jesus? <laughs> Where do you spend time with Jesus? Come on, folks. Now, folks, you better learn this because you're going to need it. I'm thinking you'll need it. In a business meeting, there are all kinds of spirits in business meetings. When ideas are floating, that's not your idea. And if you're one of those people that's my way out of the highway, you have to stomp down and never come back to church. Some even cuss. The worst time in any church is a business meeting. I'm not sure why they call it business meeting. The only business I have is with the bank. Folks, look at this. Look right here. Reconciliation is low or is high? All right, self-interest is low or high? Look at this curve here. you got aggression, avoidance, accommodation, collaboration, or compromise. Look how they fit. If I am going to be aggressive... Look at the high self-interest at the expense of reconciliation. Do you see that? You need to know what you're doing when you go into a fight. Jesus knew I could call 10,000 angels and kill these soldiers, but redemption wouldn't take place. Church, learn this. The world pays money to learn it. They send their employees to go to learn that. Because the company cannot be productive if the saints are just, or the workers are dysfunctional. And if you don't fit the chemistry of that place, they're going to fire you. I've got smart bosses. I've seen them fired. I mean, the guy was smart, but the guy was rambunctious and rude. And nobody could work with him. Nobody wants him. Nobody wants him. Because he was just mean, spirit, asinine, and full of acid. And they hated him. But he was very smart. You can have talents we can't use. You can have skill nobody can touch. God could not use Aaron, even though he was eloquent. And the difference was, look, when the crisis came, he gave in to the people's desire and built a golden calf and lie about God but not Moses. You see, church, you want to see a problem in this church? You have it in your mind that B is the most qualified person and the pastor thinks C is. And so the pastor pings C and you're getting up against C because you didn't get B. And you undermine that. And you undermine the leadership. And you corrupt the rest of the people. Well, you were cause a problem. You cause division. God said, put a mark on you. It's called the mark of the beast. Six, six, six. It means the mark of lawlessness. It means the workers of iniquity. That's what it means. Iniquity and rebellion means you don't like what God does. Hello? You gotta teach your kids that too. That because they can't have their way, that don't mean they'll pick up their ball and go home when the rule tells them they can't do certain things. 
And you don't go tell the Sunday school teachers off because they took a setting against your kids' misbehavior. You stand with your teachers. And don't teach your kids to be rebellious. Or you're going to lose those children. Hallelujah. The Bible said that the man called, the woman called Samuel, mom, she gave her son to the priest and she trusted him in that situation. Now, folks, look at this right here. Please know this, because I know it's God made the green apple. You're going to come and talk to me, and I said, look, did you, did you pay attention to this? Did you pay attention to it? On your job, this can help you. In your marriage, this can help you. Hello? And more working for God, it can help you. Look at this here. The apostles were trying to figure out who's the greatest. When a church saints start doing that, who is the greatest? Who's more eloquent? I'm a Paul. I'm an Apollos. That's politics in the church. Well, I like this preacher, but not that one. This one is not too smart. This one is dull and boring. I can't go listen to that one. It's too dull. No such thing as dull. Shouting don't mean anointing, and whispering don't mean you're appointed either. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I mean, that makes sense. I'm telling you, that makes sense. The more people in church, the bigger the problem. Because they're jostling for, for position. They're jostling to be seen. Hello? Now, folks, look at this right here. I draw this circle here of behavior. You see, the church is designed to make it for the home. When the home fails to teach you something, we hope the church is a safety net. They'll catch you on your way out in the world. Folks, look at this right here. It says, do's and don'ts. Try and think again. Don't you think the devil comes to everybody every day? Well, why do some of us fall victim and some don't? Because we got some do's and don'ts. And we know we try and think again. We think about the benefits. How will I benefit? It does matter how I communicate. A perfect man got his tongue under control. A perfect woman have her tongue under control. And by the way, there's also non-verbal communication also. Hello? It all means something. And how you project yourself make a difference to other people, how you impact people. Now, when do I confront? When do I avoid? When do I collaborate? Do I act forceful? Is it okay to be accommodating or be compromising? What should I do in all this situation? Well, I'm showing you on the graph here, folks. You decide. No marriage is heaven made. It is wife and husband who learn how to live together in confined space. Ooh, hallelujah. Learn to live in what? Confined space. If I were you, I'd draw a curve right now. Because I could, I could put this on and charge you $1,500 for a few hours to teach you this. And it's free right here. 
Because on your job, they're unrestrained tongue. They're people out of control, rude people, all kinds. God say you got bosses that are forward, rude bosses. And yet, you have to be Christian. They listen for that cuss word. You didn't do it when the hammer hit you on the finger. Hello. My boss just said, man, some folks eat humble pie. Being mean and nasty with his words. Couldn't get me upset. Triggers you to push you out of, you know, because once you get upset at your boss, they get you the term called insubordination. And you never survive that term, insubordination. Once the boss takes you on that term, he doesn't explain what that means. You're out. To be insubordinate means you did not comply. You can't talk back to your boss. See what you're thinking. You just look at him like this. Laugh. Amen. Well, where I work, you couldn't do it. You talk back to your boss and you're out. Maybe your company allow you to do it. My company I work for, I couldn't do it. No way. He just speaks. I gotta listen. Alright? You got conflict. You avoid it if you can. Don't let conflict dominate your life. Amen. Don't go back and engage it. Amen. Disengage. Walk away. Teach your son and daughter to walk away from a fight. Hallelujah. Walk away from it. Jesus will disappear from it. Hello? All right? Anger and frustration and aggression does not glorify God. And so this graph here is teaching you, amen, in conflict, learn to avoid it. All right? Anger and frustration. Don't engage it. If you do, amen, it will dominate you and get in trouble. Amen. So you got to know how to survive. Now, if I... Come here, Usher, because you probably have the biggest problem in this church more than anybody else. Now, you kids, listen to me right now. Kids, you should be right now. If this Usher tells you, go sit down. You should sit down and shut up. I said you should sit down and shut up. And if you talk back and I knew about it, I'm going to spank you. I'm going to take my own. You said, oh, Pastor, I want to see that one. Well, bring, well, bring your lunch with you. We have a big fight in my office. <laughs> I'm not going to spank you nothing. But, but come on now. You have to learn that. Because one of these days, you're going to grow up. And you're going to reap what you've sown. Hello. But all of that, when you go to your boss on the job, and he give you an order, you better follow it. There are the plants. When I look at the plants, they said, now you work in extraction, let me not find you in process. You better have a reason to go to process. Well, you're fired. Much more the house of God. Person, really beaten, could have been beaten. I have no idea how they treat you, but you're the chairman for the, for a website. If you say no, and say, and so I say, well, well, I don't like your idea. You know, they're a nice way to say it and a bad way to say it. You gotta be careful how they say it. But some folks are just rude. They don't respect authority. Hallelujah. And you wonder, well, who, who should have this chair? Okay, give him the chair. You want my chair? Take it. 
I don't care what solution you come with, God's going to reject it. You can bring the best of solution, but you're in the wrong seat. God doesn't want it. Because he always sees Satan in it. The devil said, I will. And I will. And I will. And God said, I don't want this I will in my church. All you want in this church is I am the Lamb. I am the head. Hello? I hate to have my knees tell my mouth what to do. <laughs> it's out of place. Alright? Come here, Sister Kim. Hallelujah. Now, if if you are given an authority, right? And you speak, I don't care who's working for you, must they must listen to you. Right? They should. Sister Sunday school, come here, please. Come here. Sunday school. Now, a Sunday school teacher have an idea, everybody can present there respectfully. You know, in the court it says respectfully submitted. You like that? Respectfully submitted. And you never, you never compete with a chair. Unless you're immature. And you don't know what the business world is all about. You know, amen. Is that true? You know, you, you don't talk about the chair. You don't compete with the chair and start to put the chair down because you're going to be out pretty soon. Amen. Amen. And you know what happened? That spirit should be catching in the church. Amen. No authority. No the head. Paul says everybody can't be a head. Now, one time you're a head, next time you're not, next time she is. It's a different role. We all don't have the same offices. But it doesn't mean that you guys are better than us guys. It has nothing to do with superiority. It's just a matter of choice at the moment. Hello? And yet, conflict comes from this. Well, I don't like the way they run that meeting. Well, none of your business. You don't like it? Stay out. Respect for the bowout. Your job is to produce. And do as you're told. And don't cross the line. And don't undermine leadership. Don't undermine those in authority. That bring confusion in the church. That bring dissimulation. Your job is, if you have a good, you know what I, I used to do when I on a board, I'm on board. You know what I do on board? I go straight to the board leader and say, I got an idea, here it is, privately. You know what 10 spies did? Went around Moses and went right to the people. And said, we can't do it. And you spread that germ and pretty soon everybody starts saying, we can't do it. I used to have someone says, well, everybody is saying, oh, yes. Who make you the spokesman for everybody? What do they mean? And they say, not that I'm saying. I say, that's what you're saying. <laughs> well, I say, not that I'm saying. That's exactly what you're saying. And they always are dysfunctional. Thank you, guys. Now, why did I pick these guys? Just speak sake. Now, folks, look at this here. Come to the close. Look at this here. Look at this. You know, how many have been to a meeting where you carry recommendations 
and never got used. That's no reason to quit. I have a big bad spirit. You've done your part. You've done what you were asked to do. And it's over. Stand. I want to tell you, parents here, teach your kids. Follow that which is good. This year, folks, contending means competing. That means concern for others is low. Every one of us, including myself, before God, are in need of prayer. Without Jesus Christ, we're a bunch of problems. Hello? Every one of us cause contention. You don't believe I do? You ask my wife. I'm contentious. You think she's more than me? <laughs> We're all contentious. That's why we all need Jesus. So we all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. Nobody is yet perfect, but we're trying to be perfect. Hallelujah. Amen. And here's how God operates. Yes, no, wait. Let's pray soon. Folks, look at this. Whenever you're dealing with somebody, it's a one-to-one conflict. Step number one, don't lose your self-control. Don't let down your standard. Number two, enter resolution plan. Plan A, plan B. Step three, tell them what they do to you that you don't like. You can do that. Just don't escalate the problem. Number four, tell them how you feel about what they did. Tell them, number five, what you would like them to do. He says, if you love me, keep my commandment. My wife will say to me, if you love me, then don't hurt me. Right? If you love me, don't hurt me. I love to give my wife chicken. I'm tempted to do it all the time. Slipping chicken on her. <laughs> But I feel guilty about it. But I thought about it. And I'd love to do it. Step six. Ask for agreement. Step seven. If there's no agreement, tell them what you'll do the next time. Not cut their heads off. But tell them which way you're going to go. Does it make sense? Does it make sense? Hallelujah. Praise God. Respect others. Communicate expectation. Encourage teamwork. Empower others. Empathize. Respect boundaries. Stay in your lane. Because God knows you're best there. Hallelujah. Now, here are your steps to resolving a problem. Hello. Control. He says, 
I can control and manage my emotions. I can do it. I better do it. But I swallow my saliva. Alright, next, number two. Verbalize. I can verbalize, express my thoughts and my feelings. It's a blow up and blow out. I lost it one time in a situation. These bunch of guys, I got mad. I got so mad. Twice I did it. Once when I just got saved, and once while I was a preacher. And afterwards, I just wept and cried. I said, God, I blew it. I knew I blew it. Because I didn't do what I planned on doing. It shows I was not in control. Hallelujah. You got to be honest with God and yourself. Number three. All right. Identify your own interest and expression. Amen. And self-will. All right. Number four. Generate solution. Number five. Negotiate a win-win situation. It's up to you folks. What do you want to do? The obstacles they are. Look at these obstacles. You got my obstacles are my individual presence and my relationship with others and my informational system. Don't operate in the grapevine. Well, Sister So-and-so says about this. Don't get from Sister So-and-so. She's no authority. Go to the authority. Get the facts. Stick to it. Hallelujah. And don't forget, never right to be wrong. <laughs> Hallelujah. Does it make sense, church? All these can be obstacles. My mood. Amen. My politics. My culture. It goes on here. I know it's fast, but listen to me, church. Look at this here. Conflict. When it's managed in the church, what happened? A happy church. We all come from different culture, different background, different value system. But somehow, we must all come together in one accord, in one place, for one cause, one purpose. I'm not more holy than you, nor are you more than me. Praise God. God set us in place. Is that right? Come on, church. Teamwork. I command a church. But teamwork, I can't do this one here. No cooperation. You reach this way. Look at it. Does it make sense? Conflict managed versus out of control. When it's managed, there's what? I want some help here. We're going to help me out here. Read this for me. I want two readers. Come on. I want two problem people coming to help me. All right, there's one problem coming right here. Why don't you bring your wife with you? Today? Come on, help me. Come on here. Two big problem in church. <laughs> Get a microphone. Here. All right. Let's get this I want to look at this right here. They're coming this side. They're crossing her way. Come on. Point to it. Come on. He, he represents managed, and she's out of control. <laughs> if, right. if it's managed, teamwork. No cooperation. It's what? Out of control. All right. If it's managed, you can have a strong relationship. Out of control, we have damaged relationship. Open, honest Communi- communication. Communication. <laughs> uh, hidden agenda. Resolved issues. Undercurrents. Undercurrents. Win-win. Fault and blaming. Partners. Enemies. Supportive. Uh, stressful. Focused and calm. Chaotic. Chaotic. <laughs> Friendly. Hostility. Motivation and inspired. No enthusiasm. Fun place to be. Volatile. Ownership. Low morale. Bond together. 
non satisfied? None satisfied. Now, guys, I want to be honest with me. Look at this church right here. What's out of this church that thinks the troublemakers are? If I had to go hide, <laughs> I'm taking God. <laughs> I would too. He's not a diplomat. <laughs> I do this way. <laughs> Hallelujah. But God wants us to get along. Because the word is not. And we got to exemplify on the job. In our home. In the church. What it's like to get together. The good news is. Every preacher I've come here admire you folks. But only me know the real truth about you. <laughs> <laughs> you're good at performing and I'm glad you're norming <laughs> Lord we thank you tonight God for your grace and your mercy